everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Crystal Clodcast. I'm your host, Laura, and I'm here as ever with Mia. Hello. You can find me on Twitter at OhMiaGod. And Retta. Hi. You can find me at SuperRetta on Twitter. Today's episode is going to be slightly different to our usual episodes because we had a busy weekend and didn't have time to watch five <laughs> episodes of Steven Universe before talking for like two and a half hours because that's what we tend to do. It's like, yeah, this will be like an hour's podcast every week. No, this is like a four and a half hour investment to get an episode yeah, recorded. This is the time when we were like, oh, we'll, we'll just... Get the episode done in the morning, and then we can go and do whatever for the rest of the day. And then we'll be like, oh, it's three in the afternoon. Yeah, we usually, like, we'll roll up at 10am and be like, oh, we'll watch your episodes while pausing to have breakfast and stuff. Then we'll have a little break, then we'll record. It's like 2.30 in the afternoon on a Saturday when we finish, usually. Mm-hmm. So this weekend, we were a bit busy and thought, you know what we've not had a chance to do yet? And this is a really convenient time to do, because it doesn't require prep, and we can limit it to an hour. We're going to do reader feedback and emails week. This might have some kind of official title by the time it gets uploaded. But at the time of, of recording, I've not come up with a title for It might just be Crystal Clodcast listener mail episode one or something. I don't know. Sounds like a sensible title. You know, I could go with a nice descriptive title, or I can spend like eight hours trying to come up with a Steven Universe yeah. pun. <laughs> Something with you. Like Jamie's mailbag, possibly. That's then, not bad. See? Yeah, Look at that. Know. I'm already coming up with puns. I'll come up with something before this goes live. But um, the general idea today is we're going to go through some emails we've had uh, over at hello at crystalclodcast.com. Is that mm-hmm. the email that address? That is our new email address. Uh, as well as tweets sent to Crystal Clodcast, at Crystal Clodcast. Um, basically, we're just going to go through some questions, some theories, some things that we missed, and we're going to make sure to actually credit people and be like, these are all the things that we missed that people on Twitter noticed and pointed out yeah. to us and we felt stupid for not spotting. Rather than just doing what we usually do, where we were like, oh, someone on Twitter someone said on something. Someone Twitter said yeah. something about this and not crediting people. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to start with a question from... Marble Toast, uh, Henry Henry G. Marble Toast. Um, hey gang, I was one. I was going to ask you who your favourite characters are, but I thought it'd be better if I had you pick who's your favourite gem and who's your favourite human character for each of you. Who and why? So each of us, we got to pick a human okay. character and a gem character that is our favourite. P.S. They can't both be Stephen. <laughs> So Stephen can't be your favourite human and your favourite gem. It's a good point. There's a nice loophole there. He can maybe be one or the other. Yeah. So I'm I'm, going to go first for a lot of these questions because it then gives me time to find the next question. (laughs) Because organisation, you're seeing behind the scenes of the podcast here. So my favourite human character, um, in terms of character I like the most, Mm. it would probably be Connie. I love Connie. I think that she has a really nice arc from... Friend that kind of sits on the outskirts look at, wanting to have this sort of adventure-filled life to eventually getting to be part of the adventure, getting to be very included by Stephen, even after he tries to push her away. Mm. Ultimately, learns sword fighting, becomes a really nice compliment for Stephen's shield, Stevoni as a fighter. I really like Connie. I, 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 I very quickly <laughs> say, I would co- I conversely say, I think possibly the most interesting human character mm. to me is Lars. I oh, think okay. I hate Lars sometimes, <laughs> but I think that Lars is fascinating and like some some new episodes recently leaked at the time of recording this. We're not going to discuss them, but I'm very interested 
about Lars, and I'm very ready to see some good Lars development happening. Yeah, I, like we were saying before, Lars has one of the... It's it's a character arc that kind of is a slow burn, and we're yeah. seeing it slowly develop. And it's oh, like, we, we are <laughs> getting teasers of it. Like, mm. this new batch of episodes has a very nice, like, step forward for Lars, and mm. it's understandable from... Like, I think for me, the one that's that got me like, okay, I might not hate Lars forever, and I might grow to love Lars, is the one where Steven spends a day in Lars's body, and he gets really upset about this whole idea of people liked me more when I was Steven. Yeah, and I think, I like the episode because it's the first time we see his parents, and the way his parents react to him tells us a lot about his character yeah. as well. So, he's not necessarily my favourite character, but I think that he very soon could be. Yeah, um, I think he's a very complex character, but if we learnt more about him and his backstory, mm. I think he could very well become, like, everyone's favourite yeah. character. Um, in terms of my favourite gem character, I've I've struggled on this a bit. Like, my, my default, like, of the three... Gems. And I used to say Garnet. I I really like. Uh, I'm I'm really torn across a lot of these. Um, okay, I need to pick one because there are too many I like. Um, uh, Pressure's on. Okay, I'm gonna go with Peridot. Oh, cool. I think that Peridot might be my favorite in that, like, she's not necessarily the most relatable character to me, or the one that I you know find the most interesting episode to episode. But I love her arc from implied series villain to lackey of season villain to on the run to losing her abilities to being sort of whiny petulant scared <laughs> child to being sarcastic shit poster that makes like these are my meat morphs I'm a meme kid I, I love the stupid arc she took like particularly to the point where it's like I'm gonna fight Jasper with my metal powers that aren't working and oh, I I think that Peridot has the most interesting arc of any of the gems in terms of, like, the complete 180 of character she mm. took. She definitely well, so- had the most dramatic character arc, I think. I can't think yeah. of anyone who's had such a change from where they yeah. started to where they are But it's, it's so understandable, because basically, oh, yeah. like, as soon as she's stripped away from her ability to contact Homeworld, her, the things that enhanced her and made her powerful, and suddenly has to learn... What is this place I'm stuck on? What are my abilities now? I don't have my enhancers. And eventually standing up to Homeworld and being like, no, you're doing something wrong. I'm like, I can see how the rebellion happened now. It's kids like Peridot that were like, yeah, let's rebel. And I love it. So I, I took a bit of a road there, but I'm going to go with Peridot. No, that's what good. about you both? What are you gonna, uh, just, okay, you're going to say something? Oh, um, um, well, we can see the difference in Peridot a lot more because obviously we... Remember Peridot as the like loving one now because of the later episodes. Yeah, like our default image of Peridot yeah. is who she is now. And so when back. we're going back and seeing her like when she's got like a much lower like octave yeah, in her voice and everything, voice and she's just like everything's really monotone, kind of like mm. and she seems like really disgusted at everything Earth related. Her features are much smaller. As yeah, well, aren't they? it's just like yeah. narrow eyes. Yeah, it's really cool. I like Peridot. Um, Do you wanna go with your answers? Yeah, my gem. Does do, do fusions count? Yeah, go yeah. ahead. I if your favourite so. gem's a fusion, go right ahead. Then I I think it's Garnet. I just friggin' love Garnet. She's so, like, chill. And she's the one in charge, really. But no one actually ag- admits that. They just know that she is. It's, I, it's true. Like, the first time watching it, <clears throat> I remember thinking, is Pearl in charge? Because she's yeah. the most loud. Mm. But they do kind of 
they mention it a few times, don't they? Like, oh, no, Garnet's the one who's we, holding We ultimately, together. like, defer all decisions to Garnet because <laughs> Garnet knows what's up. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I like that Garnet initially comes off as really stoic and as if there's she's sort of, like, got nothing going on, but you yeah. eventually realise it's, like, she's calm and in control, but she does have a personality. She's yeah, just sort definitely. of not necessarily willing to put it up front and centre carelessly. Yeah, I think the kind of batch of episodes when I really started liking Garnet was the ones where we see that she has kind of the special connection with Stephen. Yeah. It's like the one yeah. where it's, you know, it's Garnet's day and mm. it's all the When he floops onto game. her head. Yeah. You see her little bit of, like, goofy, like, yeah, close <laughs> enough to my day. Like, her... When you realise that, like, she does soften up to Stephen, it's like, oh... yeah. She's so so cute. cute, and she's so gay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is a constant <laughs> gay relationship, and I love that. She is she is gay incarnate. <laughs> um, and for my human, I think it would have to be Greg, maybe. Mm. Greg's a good choice. I mean, yeah, just because his songs are freaking kickass, and he's so goofy <laughs> as well, and he manages to pull off being like this lazy kind of layabout. And also being a good dad when he's present. Mm. I think I think Greg is a lovely character in that he's not perfect, but he's still a lot more interestingly developed than most like deadbeat dads, deadbeat dads yeah. in TV. Yeah, it would very it would have been very easy to do him as kind of just the deadbeat who just like ah oh, I yeah. sleep in the van <laughs> and but, I can't really be bothered yeah. doing any of the, this. And... The the ultimate implication of like he lives in his van because he's not renting accommodation because he's putting all of his money into keep uh, into financing Stephen living with the mm-hmm. gems and like he used to have these aspirations of sort of very sincere rock stardom even if people even if people didn't care about his music he cared about it and he yeah, had internal absolutely. validation from it and He's sort of pushing that away to be a dad and then eventually warming back up to it. Mm. Super sweet. I love Greg. Oddly enough, it was a like a tough decision between Greg and Ronaldo. That's interesting you say that, and I guess that segues into me, because that's the same kind of conflict that <laughs> I'm having. And I surprised myself with that. Because mm-hmm. before rewatching these episodes, Ronaldo was one of my least favourite characters. Can, can I ask a question about Ronaldo now being one of your favourites? Is it because we've now realised that he actually knows what's going on and he's the secret person that like yeah. knows what's what's up? Yeah, he, it's like he's this kid who tries really hard and kind of has all his like his YouTube channel and his documentary and all his theories. And initially, he comes across as ridiculous. Yeah. And almost it's like a conspiratorial conspiracy theory. Yes, that's it. But rewatching it, I'm like, actually, he gets a lot of it right. Yeah, he's yeah. ahead of the curve on a lot of what goes on. Like to like to his credit, even if no one was watching it, he live streamed an attempted autopsy of a genuine <laughs> sentient mm-hmm. watermelon. He correctly uh, ascertained that the universe was ruled by sentient space rocks that had a uh, yep. very segmented hierarchical society. I know what the diamond um, means. The, yeah, <laughs> what the diamond means. Uh, it was the, the diamond authority. Mm-hmm. The diamonds are at the top. He worked out that... Um, the were diamonds being kidnapped yeah, for the human zoo. The, the diamonds were were kidnapping humans for a human zoo. Like he was very on top of things. <laughs> People need to listen to him. Yeah, yeah it's like there was 
the most recent one that we watched with Ronaldo, and he said some stuff like um, attacking the wind farms. Or and something. we're now like, wait, does this does, has this happened in an episode we've seen? Is this going to happen? Yeah. Yes. we can trust him. We've now. started putting more stock into random things Ronaldo <laughs> says because sometimes he is talking about like two or three seasons from now, mm. upcoming plot points. Yeah. But also, I just, I don't know how, why or how, but I suddenly find you very endearing. Yeah, that's what I'm like. like, like it's really weird. <laughs> I think the fact that he has such a passion and that clearly, like, his passion isn't completely out of left field. His passion is leading him to mm-hmm. some correct assumptions. Yeah. It's like, he's <laughs> he's not as stupid as he's made out to be. Like, he's very light-hearted, but he does have some real knowledge to yeah. him. Which, but... When before we started rewatching it, <laughs> yeah, I I, I was thought he was same. an annoying character. I, ha- I hated Ronaldo episodes. I hated Ronaldo episodes until we started doing Clodcast, mm-hmm. and now I'm looking forward to more Ronaldo yeah, content. I, he, it's kind of fascinating. I think is my thing with it. I, it's kind of like, do you actually know? Or are you just very lucky at guessing? What's and I going think on? he knows. I think yeah. he's legitimately yeah. worked stuff out, and no one gives him credit. Like. Nobody supports this passion of his. No, but and the he, gems... He keeps at it. And like, he... the gems were in the room, I think, when he talked about the great diamond <laughs> yeah. authority, yeah, and they, they none of them were like, you know about the diamonds? <laughs> like, they just completely wrote it off while he was mm-hmm. there, like, oh yeah, no, the planet's gonna be exploded by, like, a, yeah. you know, a cluster in the middle of the Earth, and the diamonds are in charge of everything. He could have warned them about the cluster. <laughs> he could. See, this is why he needs to join the team as Blood I... Diamond. <laughs> I would support him as blood uh, the the new gem blood yeah. diamond. Well, didn't he go for um, bloodstone? Well, bloodstone, that's it. Yeah, yeah. I would. But he can be blood diamond. He can be one of the leaders. He yeah. can take over. That's, maybe that's his character. If we took a bit of a better, like a bit of a less over the top approach to it, I would have supported bloodstone the the, the gem. Mm-hmm. Um, so from oh yeah, you, you've Meanwhile, not done your gem yet, have you? Um, well, yeah, you, your favorite gem is Bloodstone. <laughs> yep, done. Um, no, gem is difficult in that I'm always torn between Peridot for the mm. same reasons you said and Amethyst. Okay, um, I think I like Amethyst best. Oh, go with Amethyst is like me. <laughs> Amethyst is incredibly relatable in yeah, a lot of ways. I like Amethyst because on the surface level. I find her genuinely funny. A lot of mm. the humour comes from Amethyst, and I think she's a really entertaining character. Yeah. Is she goofy? But I do really like the kind of undercurrent of her character arc, which is how she's very insecure, mm. and how she feels kind of like the odd one out. That Her character arc very much centres around, like, I'm going to push myself as hard as I can because I feel insecure about everything I do. Yeah. And the best way to deal with that is to keep pushing and pushing and pushing so that like I don't have to stop and think about mm-hmm. about how much I hate myself. I'm like Amethyst, yeah. I can relate, it's all good. <laughs> that's what I was, I was gonna say. Like I don't know how much this comes from like that's kinda what I did for the majority of my life. Yeah. <laughs> like I did the whole like, yeah, I'm just gonna like push everyone away and like pretend, hey everything's fine, here's a lot of jokes, haha. But I'm actually gonna go like back to my room. It's like the whole depression talk yeah. we it's, mentioned. Here's a bunch of jokes, I totally don't wanna die inside. <laughs> yeah. Like I remember talking to my family at some point before, and like when I was keeping everything mm. kind of hidden still. <clears throat> and they were like, oh, yeah, 
yeah, you're the really funny, relaxed one. You have nothing going on. And I was yeah, like, it's like ah, you're that's so true. laid back with no problems. I was like, don't look too closely though. Yeah, <laughs> it's it, 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 like smoky quartz. You're like, ha ha ha, I'm so light-hearted. Oh no, insecurity. Yeah. <laughs> um, I my last one I was gonna say I think the one that I like the arc of most as a character for the gems is Lapis. I love Lapis's. Oh yeah, Lapis has a good. Arc. I I love Lapis as a character that has every reason imaginable to turn against the crystal gems and never does. Mm. And that she she very much does the I'm going to try and weigh this burden on me and myself because I feel like I deserve it. The sort of I think it's fascinating how they used her arc with Jasper to try and tell a story about like getting away from abusive people yeah, in your life. That, that arc is incredible. That, I'm really looking forward to talking about that. Yeah, so. when we eventually get to talk about the whole one where Jasper turns up on the boat and she's like, no, 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 I've changed. And you yeah. you were the villain, really, Lapis. And I'm the only one that can, can manage you. Yeah. And so. Lapis is like, I kind of miss her. What yeah. does that but mean? It's like, it's okay to miss someone who was abusive. And that's yeah. like, that is a thing that might happen. I yeah. love Lapis. Lapis is amazing. <laughs> she she is my background on the computer, like right behind us as we record. Is just Stephen sat with Lapis. She, she sits with us while we record. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from here, I'm going to move us on to some Twitter thoughts and theories that we've come across. So um, one that we got very early on, back in back in mid March, from at Silver Chocobo on Twitter. Uh, it was pointed out that Ruby and Eyeball um, of the Rubies have different weapons. And as such, weapons don't seem to be tied to each type of gem. So presumably not every pearl has a spear, not every amethyst necessarily would have a whip, and that's a thing I'd not really thought about, because I just assumed they all had the same... That's a good point. I had never thought about that. So that implies that in the same way that the gems can modify their form and kind of customise themselves, they Mm. can also customise the weapons, maybe? Possibly, yeah. I don't know if that's... It's also sort of suggested that their weapon isn't a set thing. Mm. In that when we get the Bismuth episode, their weapons get altered by Bismuth in some form. That's true. And Amethyst keeps hers changed. She likes the form that Bismuth gave it. Uh, Garnet and Pearl both go back to their original weapon types after the Bismuth episode, which means that they have some degree of choice and control yeah. over their weapon. It's not a permanent change. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, it's like they have to choose to keep it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, one thing that was pointed out by MJ on Twitter, uh, <laughs> which completely skimmed me by, uh, the episode where Stephen and Connie go to the cinema and they buy the tickets to see Dogcopter, the person behind the counter that sells oh, them the tickets... Yeah. Is Ronaldo's girlfriend, girlfriend, or yep. eventually ex-girlfriend, which I had no idea that that was... No. Nope. <laughs> they have context that she lives in Beach City, like, that's not out of nowhere. It's another kind of impressive thing of them kind of seeding little things in advance. Mm. Like, they didn't just invent a new character for the girlfriend. Yeah, it's like, they, okay, it's, it's her. It's yeah, it's character. someone that lived in town. And yeah. that, like, and that's a really nice thing because it does suggest that like these characters have lives outside of when they're introduced for story yeah. arts. That mm. they are people that you recognise. You're like, oh yeah, you, you, you <laughs> exist in Beach City already. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, other things we completely missed. You know the episode where Pearl gets stabbed through the chest by the hollow Pearl? Mm-hmm. Um, Synth... At underscore Cynthia Darling on Twitter pointed out, when she regens from that, she comes back with a slightly altered outfit, including a sash that covers where her stab wound would have been. Yeah, I read that and I was like, 
I never noticed that. Neither did I, but that's... We did mention the change of outfit, though, because I said it was more representative of the samurai. Yeah, but we, we noticed that her outfit had changed, but we yeah. didn't notice that, like, it there's just this sash that very, very yeah. specifically corresponds with where she yeah. was stabbed. I don't know what to read into that, if anything. Like, is there just a gaping hole underneath <laughs> there? I, I think it's just her being sort of, like, to remind her, remind herself, like, if, if I'm careless, I can be killed by something relatively harmless. I, like I feel that. like it's a self-reminder to just be like, remember, last time you were careless, you got stabbed through here. That makes sense. I was thinking a bit more of um, like an unconscious thing, like covering where the wound happened, but I actually like your reading a lot better. <laughs> so I think, <laughs> yeah, that makes more sense. Like it's, it's a kind of personal reminder yeah. Like, don't lose your concentration. Because mm. she she says that, doesn't she? She's like, keep your eyes on me. She didn't keep her eyes on the opponent. Yeah. yeah. And that's what got didn't her poofed. Take her on her face. Yeah. Yeah. She's very clear in when teaching Connie, like, keep your eyes on your opponent. <laughs> um, so other things. The episode where Greg messes up Stephen's ability to heal, and he's supposed to be healing the crack in that big gem. Hmm. One of the things we talked about as a group was maybe Stephen could never have healed that big crack in the geode because because it's inanimate. inanimate. We were wrong there, as it was pointed out by Splendid Axolotl on Twitter. Stephen can heal inanimate objects. Um, When he regains his power in Monster Reunion, he heals a tear in MC Bear Bear. (laughs) So it it he legitimately like couldn't it wasn't a thing that he never would have been able to heal it like he if he hadn't had his confidence shaken he probably could yeah. have healed the geo. Okay, that's cool. Which is interesting. I still like the discussion we had about mm. that as a possibility, but no, it's canon. He can repair yeah. inanimate objects. So <laughs> the more we know, do we need a new jingle that's like apologies, things we got wrong? I think this whole episode <laughs> would be here's some things we didn't know. Sorry that we got that wrong. <laughs> um, so I'm just having a look. Um, there's an interesting theory that was brought up by Siege Feathers on Twitter. Um, we, we talked a lot about the weird timeline issues that come out of Stephen and the Stevens, where, mm. where there's oh, yes. the a bunch worlds. of Stephenless mm. timelines. Mm. Um, because all of these this weird timeline stuff happens before the Lapis episode, mm. in all of the timelines without a Stephen, Lapis is never freed from the mirror, which means that Homeworld is never alerted and the cluster activates... That's Which a is a point. really good point. That if we are going with like, because you didn't read timelines that way, that we were leaving a bunch of scattered timelines. <laughs> I can't remember, but they were, yeah, we had the, yeah. the different interpretations of like, do they cease to exist, or, or are we like overwriting yeah, a single timeline? But one, yeah. if we're going with the theory of multiple timelines left with no Stevens, because the Stevens all got <laughs> killed in this weird dimension. There's a bunch of parallel timelines where the Earth blew up yeah. from the cluster because just there was no Stephen to wake Lapis. Yeah. I never thought of that, like tying it into Lapis as well. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so we do find out a bit of stuff that we missed about um, Lapis's origins and how she's found by the gems. So she's already in a mir- in the mirror at the time when the gems find her. Um, oh, okay. This was pointed out by Selsky18 on Twitter. Lapis was found by Pearl at the Galaxy Warp. You find her in the uh, find the mirror in a later episode telling Lapis's story. It's implied that Lapis landed on Earth in the middle of a battle. She was potentially mistaken for a crystal gem and captured. 
The mirror was an interrogation tool. It forces gems to provide information. The crack would have given more freedom. Um, so, yeah, the theory is is that, like, Homeworld potentially were using Lapis, like, interrogating Lapis, trying to be like, hey, you're one of them crystal gems, let's, you know, try and get information out of you using the mirror. Eventually gets found by Pearl, who's like, oh, this mirror has a bunch of information in it. Let's keep using it, even though we know it's powered by a gem. That's interesting. So in that sense, is the mirror kind of like a truth serum? Like, if you're attached to the mirror, you have to answer the question truthfully. I think it's more just like you have to... Well, um, I can't remember if it's Pearl or Garnet that says it, but they say it's only supposed to obey. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, was the idea behind it that we attach her... Hear this mirror. We ask her questions about the crystal gems, and yeah. we, she has to answer truthfully. And that's how we yeah. interrogate her. I assume it's stuff like, um, like where is the crystal gems base, and then it'll show like an image of mm. where the base is. Like, I don't know if it can reflect the gems' memories, possibly or not. It's... Like, well, when we see the mirror, obviously lapis is cracked and it's not yeah. working quite right. So yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure how it worked when yeah. it was working. We we do get a bit of other information that people have pointed out about lapis. Um, so when Lapis is first introduced, she does have an inherent fear of the crystal gems. And we now know that that's not because of the core trio that we know. Bismuth is the reason she fears yeah. the gems. Oh, okay. Because um, we see in one oh, of the episodes, away, uh, same, old, same old world, you see very clearly Bismuth with the, the yeah. coloured dreadlocks grabbing and poofing Lapis. I had forgotten that. So Lapis gets poofed by Bismuth. And that's why she's afraid of the crystal gems, is that it's one of the crystal gems that poofed her. That's cool. I um, like that. So, yeah, when, when she uh, sees the crystal gems, she's terrified. She's thinking yeah, of Bismuth. she's thinking of Bismuth, her. and she doesn't see the difference with, like, these ones. It's you're, you're that group that had Bismuth who bubbled, uh, mm. who, like, poofed me, which seems like a very Bismuth thing to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, yeah, Bismuth is the reason that Lapis is scared of the crystal gems, not any of the the, the four ones that we really know. Mm. Um, so yeah, it it the other thing that's interesting is people saying the crack in Lapis could be something to do with we do know that Bismuth wasn't afraid to shatter gems. Yeah, was she trying to shatter? Lapis? Was she trying to shatter Lapis? Quite. Possibly. Yeah, I would think... She could yes. have been testing it out on Lapis. Yeah, the weapon, maybe. Was she testing an early version of the weapon to shatter her? Yeah. Um, so we we were asking for a while, like, why hasn't... Why didn't Lapis just ask someone to free her from the mirror? Mm. She doesn't show Stephen how to free her from the mirror until he asks how to, rem- to free her. Ah. It's possible she was limited <laughs> while stuck in the mirror to only answering direct requests. That makes perfect sense, because presumably that's how Pearl and the rest of the gems thought that the mirror was inanimate, because they would have asked it questions, mm-hmm. and it, Lapis would therefore have been forced to answer them. Yeah. So they assumed it was just answering, and that also ties in with the idea of it being um, an interrogation device. Mm-hmm. Like, they ask it questions and it has to answer. That's a really good point, yeah. So she can't actually show it. Until she's given the question. I assume that means it's limited to um, Lapis's knowledge as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which so, could be why she was discarded, because obviously she didn't know anything about the crystal yeah, gem. Yeah, because she wasn't a crystal gem. Yeah. She couldn't answer the question she was being asked and mm. got discarded at the Galaxy Warp. Um, the episode uh, Garnet's, Garnet's, How Garnet's Day Went, mm. or whatever that one's called, uh, the rabbit with the swords that she trains with, 
completely missed that it was a reference to Yasagi Yojimbo, Yojimbo yeah. which completely skimmed me oh, by. I knew, I knew, I apologise for not bringing that up. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, I, as soon as it was pointed out, it's like, oh yeah, it's that, that, that uh, comic yeah. book rabbit with the, the samurai sword. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's very clearly what that is, and we, mm-hmm. we missed that entirely. Um, oh, it was pointed out by Pokey MJ, there is a Keep Beach City weird Tumblr. Oh, I found this like yeah. a few days ago, and I forgot to mention. I it. know it's an official Tumblr for Keep Beach City Weird, and I had no idea that this was a thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's been up for years. It's still being updated. Like the most recent update was uh, April eighteenth, twenty seventeen. So, like within the past like three weeks, there was an update. Um, yeah, they seem to time it against Ronaldo episodes, and it basically. It is his in-universe blog. Yeah. And it adds extra information to it, the episode. It talks about things I had no idea. Like, did you know that for sale there is an actual Keep Beach City weird You Can't Hide the Truth yeah, book? that's right. I completely forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Like, a few days ago I found it and I was like, I need to bring this up. And then I completely forgot. Yeah, I had no idea that there is, like, an in-character <laughs> Keep Beach City weird book you I can buy. I need this book in my life. Yeah, I think we might have to get it as a household, possibly. Because yeah. we might have to read it and then have an episode. I'll make it like an investment for the show. We can all talk about the Heat Beach City Weird book. Yeah. And every single theory in it, we will assume, is an upcoming mm. episode. Oh, yeah. Every single one is obviously real. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, there's also stuff on there like, there's a, a, a Crystal Gems. Who are they and how can we help booklet that you can read? There's also an implication on there that the documentary that he made got pulled down because of copyright on the music that he used. <laughs> so the, he made the huge documentary that we see on the episode yeah. and it was only up for like a day and then it got pulled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of my favourite things is, like, there's a, a bunch of weird in-character stuff as well. Like there's one where... Um, they obviously created a second Tumblr account. It's just the um, girlfriend. Yeah, of his ex-girlfriend. <laughs> and she liked his post on the Keep Beach City mm-hmm. Weird page. And he circles it. She liked it. And then underneath he's just like, I think it's going to work out, guys. Thank you. I'm like, oh. It's, it's very meta. Yeah, I, I need to stop and read the whole of this at some point. Mm. But it's it's just a super lovely... Blo- oh, there's a sponsored post about guacola. <laughs> the guacamole cola. Yeah. Oh, it's worth mentioning while we're on this, um, there is a Twitter account for Peridot as well. <gasps> I had no idea of this. Yes, this has been going for quite a while. Um, this is an official Peridot Twitter mm-hmm. account. And again, like it ties into the episodes. It hasn't been updated in quite a while now. But you know when we had the episodes when it was Peridot kind of learning her metal powers? Yeah. It actually ties into that and she basically shares like photos I, of trying to move the spoon. I, I do wonder if the time when they stopped updating it is possibly the same time that she passed on the tape recorder to Lapis, maybe? Oh, that would be interesting. Would that maybe explain why she stopped <laughs> updating? Because she doesn't need a log yeah. anymore. She's good. <laughs> it's for Lapis now. Um, so uh, I'm just trying to skim through other things we had from people. Um, Wisdom Cake on Twitter pointed out... Rose sees humans, at least before Greg, as adorable pets who need to be protected regardless of their opinion on the matter. While Rose grows to see humans as equals thanks to Greg, Pearl sticks to this idea, probably because of her intense dislike of Greg. I kind of think there's something to this, like... Yeah, that's a good point. So Pearl keeps kind of the mindset that we see in the human zoo? Yeah, like... You know, I don't think Pearl would go as far as to keep a human zoo, but I think had Rose wanted a human zoo, Pearl would not have stood up to that idea. Yeah, I agree. 
she she definitely like Rose, at least when she first meets Greg, is very, very like, ah, oh, you're a silly, amusing plaything. Yeah, it's very patronizing. She grows to change her opinion based on Greg, but mm. Pearl really doesn't like Greg, so she doesn't yeah, have so that <laughs> same growth arc. Yeah, so the affinity for Greg is what helped Rose grow that love of Earth. Yeah. I like that reading. Which I think. Rose's love of Stephen, who was Rose, who is now human, is why Pearl is slowly getting there now. Yeah, like through Stephen. Yeah. Um, what other things? Uh, oh, we asked during one of the episodes if Alexandrite was a real gem, which we were like, we think it is. Was it you that wasn't sure if it was yeah. a real gem? Uh, it is a real gem. It changes colour between yellowy green and purpley red, depending on what kind of light it's under. That's cool. That seems yeah, isn't like it a like, different yeah. It's like emerald by day, ruby by night, I think. Yeah, it's um, it looks like an emerald in daylight, but under incandescent light it looks sort of purpley red, which okay, explains cool. the colour choices yeah. on Alexandrite. Um, <laughs> which is cool. Yeah, I'd never... I was aware Alexandrite was a gem. I didn't know that it was a gem that's colours varied. Mm. So that's, that's new inf- information. Um... I one thing someone pointed out that I think is important to note um, the episode with Stevani's introduction where Kevin is being a real fucking creep mm-hmm. to Stevani <laughs> you can at least say one good thing about him and this was pointed out by Xavier Lassetti on Twitter at least he acted sensibly when he realised this was two children with yeah. it's two kids I'm out yeah I'm out like he very quickly was like this is children I'm gonna stop being a lecherous creep so he's horrible but at least he has a line he's he's a horrible like creepy rape vibe person but at least he's not a paedophile oh, yeah and which... it's bad when that's the best thing you can mm-hmm. say about someone is at least Kevin isn't a paedophile yeah. <laughs> It doesn't reflect well on him. No, not quite. Does it? Um, yeah, we we kind of suggested that maybe Stephen didn't necessarily understand the full context of what was going on with Kevin. Mm. Um, it was pointed out by Future Fishy. <laughs> Ste- <laughs> I uh, like these names. They're I so know, cute. Such cute Twitter names. Um, Stephen is the one who is far more classically angry at Kevin in Beach City Drift, which suggests that even though it's not shown in the Stevonia, that first Stevoni episode, Stephen must have had some kind of understanding, at least in hindsight later on, of what was wrong with what Kevin did. Hmm. So even if we don't see much of Stephen being angry in that first episode, and we sort of wrote that off a bit as him not understanding the context of what Kevin was doing... He eventually does. He eventually, like, by the time Beach City Drift happens... He definitely has a lot of anger about what mm. Kevin did, so... Is that after Malachite? It might be. Because it could be because he's seen a <gasps> false fusion. Oh, okay. I could see that. Oh, and he's got his reference... Oh, God, no. You know what it is after, definitely. Sardonyx. Uh, it's after the Sardonyx yeah. one. Yeah, there It's you after go. seeing the upset that happens when, like... Pearl and Garnet mm. fuse without proper consent, and now he's like, "Oh, I see the problem of this." Yeah, creepy. <gasps> oh, he learns <laughs> no, about about proper consent through the Sardonyx episodes. I love that. I, I like that reading. I'm gonna sign up. <laughs> uh, what other things do we have? 
Um, trans man Lars theories. We got another. This is another tweet from Future Fishy. Um, I always thought young Lars's hair looked like an AFAB assigned female at birth person getting their hair as short as their parents will let them. Oh, good point. And it is. It is not completely short, but it is. How short can I get away yeah. with? And I oh, I like that. That's good. A good I've, observation. I've not seen that discussed anywhere no, before, either. but it's a nice little bit of a theory. Mm. Um, what other things do we have to talk about? I am having to find things to talk about while we go. Um, oh, okay, so this is from Selsky18 again. Um, I want to know what you guys think of this. Another point to support the gems are stronger with emotions theory. In the final minutes of Bismuth Ar- Bismuth's arc, she talks about Rose saying that the gems need to take control of their own identities and that they were convinced to ignore their own potential. Also, in the same set of episodes, Bismuth confirms that Rose was made on Earth, which suggests that all quartz we've seen are potentially from Earth. The Rose quartz and amethyst cuts were probably from the Prime Kindergarten, with the Jasper cuts from the Beta. So... There is evidence in that bismuth arc to suggest what we've been talking about for a while, which is the gems are more powerful when they break aside from their assigned roles. Yeah, they have more potential than they normally do because they sit within the assigned roles. Yes, and this is a thing that bismuth talks about. Apparently Rose was aware that, like, hey, if you as gems take control of your own destiny, you will realise that you are capable of more than Homeworld ever let you know. Mm. Yeah. Which... I still like the theory that this is building to that the gems are all going to go to Homeworld and be like, Homeworld gems, you can do a bunch of shit you didn't know. Use that power for a bell against your overlords. I think that's where we're going. And I think we're kind of seeing that with the Amethysts. Yeah. When we saw the Amethyst was kind of getting along with all the other goofy Amethysts on the um, space station. Yeah. Human Zoo. And I think that might be where we're going and that Homeworld gems are going to end up being kind of uh, changing sides because like, oh, I can do whatever I like. Well, we did mention before that we think that the diamonds place them in roles where they aren't doing their thing that they are most proficient at. Yes, to control them. To control them, to help, like, quash any rebellion ideas that might kind of... And that's, that is, like, it's horrid, but it's a very smart way to keep a population in line. Um... One of the most interesting things that we hadn't noticed that uh, gets brought up is we asked about this idea of maybe the gems on Earth were mass corrupted in some kind of big oh, yeah, blast. Mm. Like, was this basically like Rose put up her shield to protect like the four or five people she could fit behind it, everyone but else. everyone else got corrupted, yeah. or which would explain why there's so many corrupted gems on mm-hmm. Earth. Um, Future Fishy pointed out. Um, we, we talked about a bomb or something mass corrupting the gems. Centipedal draws something like that when Stephen semi-healed her. She drew it as a bright light, um, like in her crayon scribbled episode we eventually mm-hmm. get to. And there is a clip of it. She is stood on Earth. There's a bunch of like gem ships that look very much like the one in this leaked Stephen bomb. Um... <laughs> And there's a big white there's a big white light in the sky that just gets bigger and bigger and just flashes across the planet, which yep. certainly seems to be a mass corruption. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was really cool that that was pointed out. Like I kind of got involved in talking about that on Twitter because yeah. I was like, "That's super cool." I totally forgot that. Is it a mass corruption bomb or is it the Death Star? 
I think it's it's the corruption bomb. Um, But there's also, like, I completely missed this as well. Um, Lapis also saw this light when she was in her mirror. Um, Mm. It's shown as being a big um, coloured explosion of three colours. Blue, yellow, and white. The three diamonds that were remaining after pink was shattered. (laughs) Yeah. So presumably this was pink got shattered, and the three remaining diamonds were like... Fuck this war. Yeah. <laughs> Let's blow up that planet. Yep, I think that's exactly what happened. Like, yeah. I had totally forgotten all this, but reading um, about it and looking at the pictures, yes. Yeah. <laughs> 100% I think that's what happened. It is definitely, like, blue, yellow, and white are the colours in that one. Um, so, we briefly brought up Love Like You during one episode, and we incorrectly credited it to Estelle, who is uh, the voice actor for Garnet. <laughs> Apparently, Retta was totally aware we got this I, wrong. I was. I just... I think I, think I was really out of it. It was when I'd you been... were on your painkillers. Yeah, so. so I just... But yeah, like, as soon as you guys mentioned it today, I was like, no, I know that that's not yeah. that person. Well, it was also it was also pointed out to us by uh, R.M. Fezman, uh, who pointed out, yeah, it is... That, that, that outro song at the end of season one is sung by Rebecca okay, Sugars. Sure. Which makes sense, because I've seen the footage of her singing it live. Yeah. So. She apparently just has a similar singing voice to Estelle, mm-hmm. it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I credited the, the Lapis uh, Coloured Lights tweets. They were from S. Casarico. Edward Casarico. I hope I got that right. Um, Feel free to tweet us and correct tell us. us that we... Oh, we can apologise for another thing. Yay! Um... <laughs> So I'm having a look at what else. Um, okay, yeah. So when Centipedal's drawing like the the mass corruption of Earth, Stephen asks who uh, who did this, and according to Sluisted on <laughs> Sluistis on Twitter, um, she draws a diamond symbol um, and confirms that Rose saved the gems using her shield by drawing specifically Rose's shield protecting. So it's quite um, blatant then, that there's yeah. a lot of evidence. It's basically anyone that wasn't with Rose at the time when she got her shield mm-hmm. up just got corrupted. Out. It just mass corruption. Wow. It explains why there's so many of them, and yeah. why there's so many in, like, Beach City. Because obviously, mm. if there was the war going on, they'll be near to where they are anyway. Possibly. Yeah. Well, like, it does make sense, because Greg does talk about, like, Rose could only save a few of her closest friends, her shield is impenetrable, mm-hmm. like, it, it is all laid out to be, like, she literally just got a handful of friends behind her shield, and that was all yeah, that survived. Everyone, like, that must be traumatic. I hope we see that at some point. It's, it would be very disturbing, but I would love to see the moment when Rose grabbed all the gems inside the bubble and everyone else was outside. Yeah. This sounds more horrifying the more I imagine it, but... <laughs> Um, there is a... Oh, sorry, yeah. No, it's fine. I was just going to say, like, um, it's interesting to think about because it it makes sense why the gems are going around defeating all the corrupted gems because it's not so much that, like, we need to do this because it's a responsible thing to do. Mm. It's also kind of like, these are our friends and enemies that got killed kind of in that conflict we were part of, so we're kind of cleaning up our own mess. Yeah, we started a rebellion that led to all of these gems being like this, we need to take yeah. some responsibility for like the consequences of the mm. rebellion, which mm. is a mature start to yeah. take, I think. <laughs> um, so another point brought up by um, Seleski18. Have you ever noticed that Garnet's gauntlets are the best possible weapon for her? 
Ruby and Sapphire have their gems on their opposing palms. So when um, Garnet has her two biggest weak points covered by a yeah. pair of gauntlets. <clears throat> That's a good point. Uh, her gems are on her palms, and her palms are always protected by... Gauntlets. The gauntlets. That's which quite strategic. It is a really good strategic point. Her weakest... Well, like yeah. when she fires off the... Um, Gauntlets, you, it's the gems just the, stay behind, yeah, yeah, it stumps of arms with the gems on each yeah. arm. Her weak spots are lit- her weakest spots are literally covered by her strongest uh, strongest points. Um, I like that as an allegory for fusion as well. That they yeah. kind of like balance each other out. The the kind of strengths cover their weaknesses. Mm. It is it is interesting. Um, so couple couple of things that I've found out about since we've been doing this podcast mm. that we didn't haven't mentioned before. There's a few weird things that got edited out in the UK and Steven Universe that aren't LGBT content. Okay. Uh, end of season one, you know when Garnet is like split and you get that, that oh, face yeah. of shock mm-hmm. and horror as she's like torn in two down the middle? I heard that was cut out. That, that's cut out in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's uh, quite horrifying. It is kind of traumatic. Like, it I is. I can't imagine a kid watching that and being like... I also think it's important. It's the most... Yeah, like, yeah. it's this character that always knows what's going on and is never scared. And it's the one moment where she's terrified because mm-hmm. she's being forced to... Sp- like, yeah. the two parts of her are being forced to split, and that's the worst thing she can imagine. Yeah. It's, it has all these kind of connotations behind it, and it's a shame that that's not shown on TV here. Yeah. Also, um, apparently Stronger Than You in the UK, the uh, actual hits of the punches yes. are replaced with flashes. I think we mentioned this, yeah. They, like, flashes instead of showing the impact, yeah. doesn't it? Um, and I believe also in the original airing, but not in current airings, the UK version... Didn't show, um, didn't show Jasper's uh, faceplate being smashed, like the glass oh, okay. smashing. Mm. Um, it's entirely cut, which makes the rest of the song in the original airing slightly out of sync. <laughs> oh, wow. um, because she's no longer doing things on screen quite in time with the music, because yeah. they just cut out a handful of frames. That's unusual. Yeah. Presumably that also means, like, Amethyst dialogue in that bit is also cut out. You know, the whole, like, you got this part. Uh, they, they loop some extra footage in towards the end of the fight oh, to fix okay. it, but her fight isn't in time yeah. with the music okay. for a while. Um, On that note, have you heard the, I think it was France, was it? Where when they translated the song, it kind of took some of the meaning out of it. And people accused them of, like, removing the kind of gay elements of the song on purpose but then they were like no no we just kind of screwed up the translation of the song mm. I can't remember if it's France someone listening will obviously know but yeah. I think it's France but it could be translating a song is always an awkward thing because you have to fit within an existing tune? sort of tune structure <laughs> mm. which keeping original intended meaning and word flow and written style of the character consistent can be really tough, so I, yeah. I'm not going to be super harsh yeah, there. I, we could kind of say it's this whole agenda to remove the content, but I think in that case it could genuinely just be that yeah. they didn't match it because it was yeah. too difficult. <laughs> I think they might have fixed it, though. I'm not sure. I, I, be- I, I believe they did, but yeah. I still can't remember what country it was. Yeah. I think it was France. France mm. sounds right. Yeah, it sounds right. Ah, <laughs> uh, the French. If you're from France, we love you. Um... So, uh, at TransComics on Twitter points out, um, listening to the set of episodes, um, the ones about the end of season one, the way the gems treat Stephen, um, this person likes to think that the gems remember Stephen as a kid, and they don't want a child soldier on their team when they can avoid it. 
they want Stephen to live, so they have to balance balance that out. But when you know when Beach City's under attack, their reading is it's the gems thinking we're probably going to die fighting these gems. Stephen needs to go because we're going to die. Uh, I thought that. And they pointed out, it's not like Garnet and Pearl haven't seen so many of their friends get killed in the war. And, you know, Homeworld is even stronger now than they were. Let's get Stephen away from this. And, like, that's an interesting read. I like that. The idea that it's kind of like, we're going to die. We're going to fail here. That's what I thought it was. Mm. I I think a lot of it does Mm -hmm. come down to, like, we... Stephen isn't reliable enough with pulling the shield out. We're going to die, and we don't want Stephen to die too. Yeah. Which is really sad. That is sad. Well, they were tasked with looking after Stephen, so they're kind of like, yeah, we don't want to put you in this much danger, you're not ready for this Mm. much danger. Mm. And then the last one to bring up from the Twitter, PokeyMJ points out, um, we questioned what happened in Ocean Town, (laughs) because... No one knows about Ocean Town. Too soon. Too soon. Uh, we do get a little bit of... Um, when they're all leaving Beach City at the end of season one, we do see a billboard for Ocean Town. No longer on fire. <laughs> which suggests that Ocean Town was on fire long enough that like, you have to point out that it's now not on fire. Yeah, people expect it to yeah, be on fire. It, it wasn't just like on fire and then not. It was on fire so long that that became the assumed <laughs> default state of Ocean Town. Ocean Town, that town that's on fire all of the fucking time. What the hell happened? I really want to know. How do you set a town on fire that's Ocean Town? Well, they didn't have a good mayor, so everything went wrong. Just get buckets from, of water from the ocean and throw them at the town. <laughs> you are in Ocean Town. Throw the ocean at the town. you think that would be an obvious solution. But apparently not. They did not think of that in Ocean Town. Oh, well. Maybe the ocean caught fire in Ocean Town. <laughs> Maybe. Oil like spill in the ocean... Quarter light. Now Ocean Town's ocean is on fire. <laughs> Come see our famous flaming ocean. I like that image. I want to see the flashback episode with flaming ocean town. I, I, I wanna... think it might pollute um, Beach City, though. Maybe. Those Maybe seagulls that were after the uh, sandwiches. Are, are you if... suggesting that Beach City sabotaged Ocean Town <laughs> by setting that ocean on fire? Maybe Mayor Dewey was like, well, all the tourism's going to Ocean Town, so if I burn their ocean, they're not Ocean Town anymore, and then they have to come to Beach City. They're Lake of Fire Town. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that Mayor Dewey would do, mm. and that would explain his um, fear about a cover-up being discovered. Exactly. I think we need to get Ronaldo on this. Yeah, we like to keep him off. We'll contact the Tumblr page and be like, Ronaldo, um, can, can you look into corporate espionage? Did <laughs> did Mayor Dewey set Ocean Town the light? There's something going on. Uh, so I think that's everything. Possibly, I'm just checking. Just checking if we have any other emails I'd like to bring up. Does someone want to vamp for me while I'm well, the emails? <laughs> if you sent an email, thank you for sending an email. I know we have a couple that we chose not to discuss now because they're very spoiler heavy. And it seems like a good idea mm. to leave that until we're closer to those episodes to discuss them. 
But thank you for emailing. It was nice to get so many emails in such a short Yeah, I was going to say, because we didn't exactly give like a ton of notice on it, so it's yeah. really nice that we actually had enough to make well, an episode the, with. The episode where we announced a new email address has not gone up yet at the time of recording. <laughs> yeah, and then on top of that, also, like, a lot of what people wanted to talk about was the new Stephen Bond that's just leaked, which... We have seen, but we don't want to talk about it at least until yeah. it airs officially. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think it went up on the Cartoon Network app and it's not aired on TV. Yeah, it's on the app. I so believe. we're going to leave it a little time before we talk about that batch, but yep. we'll we'll get there. Yeah. We, we do have some questions in the original inbox uh, that I'm just going through now. Um, this is from Ronaldo Castillo. If you had to remove any character, major or minor, from Steven Universe, who would it be? See, here's the thing. If you asked me this before we started watching... Would it have been Ronaldo? <laughs> I have said Ronaldo. But now, ah, uh, I don't know. Rafa, Mine's Onion. Go. Onion. Oh, yeah. I think I would say Onion. There's too many things where he seems like he's doing things just to be malicious, and I I could do well, without Onion. I, I think that, honestly, there are moments where I really like Onion. I oh, like yeah. Onion with his other friends. Yes. I think that was a really good episode, uh, and I really like the connotations behind that. But a lot of the early Onion episodes... I I didn't enjoy the early Onion episodes until we had the context of that episode with him and his um, other non-verbal mm. friends. Like, I really like this context of eventually realising Onion as character that does want to make friends but struggles to do so because he's non-verbal and as such often does things just to try and get noticed because being non-verbal he's often overlooked that's true and i really like that as an ex- an explained context for his early actions is things like cloning all of the uh the the guys and stuff mm-hmm. is him trying to get people to notice him because he doesn't talk and people don't notice if you don't talk yeah i do really like that reading on it it does make him a much more endearing character that he kind of wants friends but doesn't understand how to make friends yeah like one character that I would say, like, doesn't necessarily... Like, he was good for a one-off episode, but I didn't necessarily need to see more of him, was Jamie the Mailman. I knew you could his... say because I was like, thinking the same thing. Actually, no, I know what character I'm removing from okay. Steven Universe. Uncle Grandpa. <laughs> the most powerful <laughs> being in all of Steven Universe. Yeah, so I'm, I'm taking Uncle Grandpa out. <laughs> Gus can stay. He seems nice with his gem summoner, yeah. but Uncle Grandpa can go. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure. I don't want to be the person that has no answer. I think I'm going to have to go with Jamie. Because he is used really well in the episode of Garnet. But I'm not a big fan of his whole, oh, I'm an actor, I'm putting on the show on the beach. And... I, yeah, like, I... He annoyed me in the Stephen Bomb episode he turns up in mm. soon. In that his whole thing is still very much, I am overly theatrical. Yeah. Even when the situation doesn't you know, dictate that I should. I can see how they could give him some character development that would deal with that. Mm. But currently, I would say maybe Jamie. Yeah. I I like how we're like, oh, we'll call this episode Jamie's Mailbag, the character we want to destroy. <laughs> um. So what other questions do we have? I'm going to skip this one because it's about season, uh, about the, the, the Stephen bomb. Uh, that's about the Stephen bomb. <laughs> I appreciate everyone's enthusiasm and, and wants to hear us talk about it, but... 
We're not there there yet. We won't. (laughs) Well, I think it's also that I know lots of people that follow Steven Universe that watch it in a much more kind of relaxed and slow Mm. paced way. Not everybody gobbles up the content as soon as it's available. We we somewhat have to because we're doing a podcast. Like, here's the thing. We're aware we will get spoiled on it if we don't watch it straight away as soon as it's available in some form because... Like, this week, we sit down to record the podcast, and there's a bunch of, like, oh, what do you think of this spoiler thing from the Stephen Bomb that hasn't aired on TV yet? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I think we are justified in, like, let's watch this ASAP so that the listeners don't yeah, spoil this. Because yeah. I get listeners being excited to be like, oh, Stephen Universe podcast that we like, what do you think of that thing? And I'm like... We're going to keep quiet on it for a second, but we'll talk about it mm-hmm. soon. It's coming. I, I think that's probably a good place for us to leave this here for today. There are other questions, and we will do another of these sometime in the future. Cool. But I think we should leave it at least a yeah. couple of weeks before we talk about those recent episodes, I mm-hmm. think. So uh, I guess all that remains is to do self-promotion. Mia, where are you on the internet? You can find me at God on Twitter. I also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com forward slash MiaViolet, which supports my website, MiaViolet.com, where I talk about kind of everything. What about you, Retta? I'm Super Retta, pretty much everywhere. And I'm Laura K. Buzz, pretty much everywhere. Hooray! That's all the places. Thank you for listening. Oh, and <laughs> oh. if you want to send an email, yes. it's hello at crystalcloudcast.com. Yep, hello at crystalcloudcast.com. Sorry, I ruined your kind of neat outro. No, 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 it's fine. I was going to say, just like, let us know what you thought of this. I know it's a very different change of pace from our normal episode structure. Yes, that's true. I'm curious if people like this. Did did you enjoy this? Is this a thing you'd like every, you know, every couple of months? Uh, Or is this a thing that you're like, nah, stick to talking about the episode? (laughs) I I don't know why I gave you such a snide voice for your opinion, listener. Do we have sort of like gremlins listening? Like, no, no, the episodes. I want more fan mail. I want the episodes. Um, let us know whether you are the kind of gremlin that would like more le- reader interaction or the kind of gremlin that would like more episode mm. chat. Uh, thank you very much. Bye.